0: Hello, and welcome to the Intersection Education Podcast. I'm your host, Corey Haley. Hey, it's almost the end of the year, and uh, I know some of you have been thinking about making a New Year's resolution, and this episode is a bit different. It's all why you shouldn't maybe make a New Year's resolution, but that doesn't mean you shouldn't think about getting better. Now, uh, the idea of New Year's resolutions, it's been around for a while, And some of the things that I've been looking at say that up to 80% of those resolutions have failed by the second week of February. And so it's really not a great way of going about getting change, making positive impact. Um, And I think that that's true of any big change. If you want to have a massive change all at once, you're probably going to fail. And whether that's in your personal life or at work. So this episode is really about alternatives to big massive changes. And that is small changes that are a first step towards a better situation. Uh, I've asked our previous guests, some of them, to share some of those small steps that you might make in an area of their expertise or of their knowledge. And some of them are professional, some of them are personal, but I bet you by making a small change over time, or a series of small changes over time, you're actually going to have a better impact and you're going to be farther ahead in the end. And so that's what this entire episode is about. Now, remember, if you like what you're hearing, you can connect with uh, Intersection Education on our website, intersectioneducation.com. You can connect with us on Twitter at intersectioned or even on Facebook, and all those things things, or all those ways to connect are going to be really important, because if you like what you're hearing, what one of these people are saying, they all have full episodes, so go back and listen to that entire episode if you like what you're hearing. Our first anti-resolution comes from my friend Terry Lynn Guimond, who is currently principal at St. Marguerite Catholic School in Spruce Grove, Alberta. She spoke to us all the way back in episode two about learning sprints.
1: I recently had the opportunity to read Lead with Humility, uh, a leadership book by Pope Francis. And my favorite chapter in there is the one titled Smell Like Your Flock. And it's this whole notion that you have to immerse yourself in the people that you work with and the people that you lead. And as an administrator in a school, I find this really, really important. Uh, I identify myself often as a teacher first before the principal of my school because it is all the lessons that I learned from teaching that got me to where I want to be today. And it's important for me as an administrator to keep one foot teaching. It uh, keeps me connected with kids and it keeps me connected with my colleagues within the profession. I just want to take an opportunity to congratulate Corey on his podcast, Intersection Education, and I look forward to seeing what 2019 has in store. Happy New Year.
0: Next up, we have Dr. Randy Hetherington, who is an assistant professor in the School of Education at the University of Portland. He appeared in our fourth episode, speaking about the importance of relationships.
2: The goal that I will offer you is around leading change. You need to know your staff before you can lead them. And you will only know how to lead them once you know them. So my short steps to get there, invest five to 10 minutes every two to three days and choose a different staff member and chat with them about what's important to them. Make sure that you listen. No notes, no iPads, just listen. And after you're done, when you head back to your office, Make a note, not in a file somewhere, but where you'll see it again or hear it again to remind you of that conversation. When you connect with your staff later, maybe you saw an article that's related to their interests, you saw a session they might be interested in attending, or you're giving them an opportunity to attend a session in the area of interest where you're going to pay for them to go so they can inform your staff. Either way, you're investing your most precious resource of time in them. Put 95% of your effort into your people, They'll look after everything else.
0: Dr. Natalie Kiefer is an assistant professor in the Department of Curriculum and Instruction at the University of Louisiana at Lafayette. She spoke to us in Lucky Episode 13 about social justice and global citizenship.
3: My name is Natalie Kiefer, and I would like to share a anti-New Year's resolution recommendation. The overall goal for this anti-New Year's resolution is to improve your listening skills. The small step you can take is when you're in a conversation, check in with yourself. And when you listen, remember to just listen. Don't interrupt. Don't jump in with solutions. Just be present in the moment and listen fully to what the other person has to say And let them speak until the entire message is said.
0: Dr. Nancy Wise is one of the foremost experts on French immersion inclusion and meeting the learning needs of students with learning disabilities in French immersion. She's the founder of Nancy Wise French Immersion Consulting, and she spoke to us about language learning.
3: Hi again, it's Dr. Nancy Wise here. In my podcast, I talked about how students with a wide range of learning needs can be successful in French immersion, given the appropriate support. So, if your ultimate goal is to find ways to address students' diverse needs, where do you begin? Well, why not start with one of your students? Set up an informal meeting with your school principal and the special education teacher. Talk about the student's strengths and needs and what you've tried so far. Ask them to suggest some strategies you can try in your classroom. Chances are that if you use those strategies with all of your French Immersion students, you'll find that a number of other students benefit as well. And that's how inclusive learning environments are created. Just start small and build from there.
0: Travis McNaughton is principal of three schools at the same time. Forest Green Elementary, Connections for Learning, and Bright Bank Academy. We're all in the Stony Plain area. He appeared in episode 22 with Jesse McLean, where they spoke about personalized learning.
4: First of all, I want to thank you, Corey, for inviting me to participate in your anti-resolution episode. Um, I think it's a fantastic idea. So the thing that I'm thinking about as we head into the New Year, as opposed to sending a big overarching New Year's resolution, um, is just uh, making small changes every single day. And so the tool that I was thinking about and have been actually trying to practice already is using the Eisenhower decision-making matrix. So on the left-hand side of the matrix is the bottom left-hand, uh, if you can imagine a square that's divided into four quadrants, and the bottom left-hand uh, quadrant would be not important, but really urgent. And then the top left quadrant would be important and urgent. And then the bottom right-hand quadrant would be not important and not urgent. And the top right-hand quadrant would be important and not urgent. And so if you think about what consumes our day as school leaders, often we don't spend a lot of time in the important and the not urgent. And that top right-hand quadrant is sort of that proactive planning quadrant. And so for me, my uh, anti-resolution of the new year is going to be around the idea that I want to take five to ten minutes to do something actionable where I'm consciously spending time in that quadrant. And a lot of times I think that without being intentional about that, um, uh, we may think about that quadrant a little bit, but uh, just because of the busyness of the day, the urgencies, the things that feel important, the things that feel urgent often uh, consume a lot of our day. And so by taking five, 10 minutes a day, turning that into something actionable, um, I believe that those little steps each day will lead to significant change over the course of a year. And so that might be some uh, professional reading um, that might be um, planning and strategizing around next steps for leading professional learning. That might even just be a proactive conversation with someone about learning. I think that the actual, the actual actionable steps that can come out of that can look a lot of different ways. Um, but that it's just important to take a little bit of time each day to uh, spend time in that quadrant. Thanks. Bryn Spence is the principal
0: of High Park School in Parkland School Division. He appeared in a discussion episode where we spoke about our experiences around leadership and inclusion.
5: Hi, this is Bryn Spence. And one of the things that I think about when I think about incremental change that has a big impact on, the way we work with students is to really shift our mindset when we're dealing with behavior. Um, behavior is one of the things that, because it is a, a an emotional response, uh, in a lot of cases there's things that are said that, that we as staff take personally, and that can really uh, limit our ability to respond to behavior and to help students work through it. And so when I think about incremental change, a, a big piece of the work that I think around supporting students with, with behavioral challenges, uh, more effectively is to start to really try to work to depersonalize, uh, the behavior and, and realize that in most cases, it's not about us. Um one of the ways that you can do that is to really start by focusing on uh, the cycle of antecedent behavior consequence. If we realize that every behavior has a goal, and the goal is either to get something or to avoid something, then we can start to work through and, and understand what those consequences are and work work through that process to start to understand that really the behavior is just the thing that happens. And the thing that we really need to be focusing on are the the thing that happens immediately before and immediately after, because that's what causes the behavior to happen again and again. And so in terms of that incremental change, just really moving from that process of I'm focusing on the behavior to moving to, okay, what happened right before that? So that I can start to uh, tease out and identify what was being gained by doing that so that I can start to help students move through and, and, um, Recognize what some of the antecedents are for them so that they can start to uh, find ways, more, more appropriate ways, or more um, socially appropriate ways of getting their needs met in a way that is more uh, acceptable and, and reduces the conflict within a classroom.
0: Dr. David Tranter and Tom Boland are two of three co-authors of the book, The Third Path, A Relationship-Based Approach to Student Well-Being and Achievement. They spoke passionately about the need for relationships in schools and shared great insight into how we might go about building better relationships with our students.
6: Hi there. This is Dr. David Tranter, co-author of the book, The Third Path, A Relationship-Based Approach to Student Well-Being and Achievement. My New Year's Anti-Resolution Recommendation for Educators supports the larger goal of strengthening the teacher-student relationship, the active ingredient in all learning and development. My small step is all about what the neuroscientist Dr. Stephen Porges calls neuroception. Neuroception refers to the process by which we constantly and largely unconsciously assess the degree to which others feel safe and trustworthy. Our highly social brain is always watching the facial expressions of others and always listening carefully to their vocal tone. We are acutely attuned to sensing frustration, hostility, impatience, and insincerity in others. When we do, we instantly feel uncertain and unsafe in that person's presence. When students sense this in their teachers, they disengage from learning. A small step that you can implement right away is to pay close attention to your own facial expressions and your voice. And think about what you're conveying to your students. Are you smiling or looking stern? Is your voice calm or is it frustrated? Do your students feel reassured by your presence or do they feel anxious? Are you being your true best self or are you pretending? Be mindful of how your students see and hear you. A small change in how you present yourself to them can make a huge difference in their readiness to learn. Happy New Year, everyone.
7: Non-resolutions. Great topic, Corey. This is Tom Bolin, co-author of The Third Path, and I'm happy to contribute. It seems to me so many of us get all geared up for these wonderful, life-changing January makeovers that are going to change our lives, only to be disappointed in the days, weeks, and months that follow. Broken promises made to ourselves can have a significantly negative impact on our own well-being, sometimes actually pushing us back rather than moving us forward. It's not difficult to imagine that our students feeling a similar kind of pressure to, I don't know, get something done or to meet grade-based expectations and, and outcomes over maybe an unrealistic time frame or without being developmentally ready. Small steps have got to be the key. As for my contribution to the podcast, I'm going to zero in on something I'll refer to as um, nurturing a sense of community well-being within a classroom. The idea being that students and teachers can have a significant impact on each other's well-being simply by building and nurturing a culture of trust and care by building relationships. A good small step start might be something as simple as a daily chat time where students and teachers are encouraged to talk, to share things about themselves and their experiences in a nutshell to start sharing their lives. Over time, as trust and meaningful participation builds, superficial relationships become genuine, authentic, and real. Through talking and listening, communities grow, and people start to care and feel cared for, sometimes quite unexpectedly and sometimes for the very first time. Caring is a catalyst for kindness, and kindness can change the lives of students and teachers alike. Kindness moves mountains, and in every classroom I've ever been a part of, there are mountains that need to be moved. No huge expectations to change the world overnight, just an intentional and purposeful focus on the importance of relationship in learning. Happy 2019, everybody. Health, happiness, and good relationships.
0: Jennifer Waring is the instructional coach at St. Peter the Apostle High School in Spruce Grove, Alberta. She's one of the clearest visions on instructional coaching I've heard and shared great insight into how the coaching role might lead to better teaching.
1: Hey, this is Jen Waring. If you're looking for a way to increase the quality of feedback you provide for teachers in a coaching role or students in a teaching role, take advantage of all the free speech to text web applications that are available, I found it revolutionary to be able to record my feedback and then have that feedback immediately translated into text that I can email to teachers or I can attach to assessments for students. It's simple, it's straightforward, it demystifies the act of providing feedback and might be a great way for you to increase the interactions you have with teachers and students in the new year.
0: The last anti-resolution for you today comes from me, Corey Haley, and I'm going to talk to you about something that I have learned that's been really helping me. Um, I was a bit concerned because I wasn't getting through what I felt was enough books, uh, articles, uh, longer type media around professional learning, and one of the things that I've started to do that's really helped me is when I find the name of an author that uh, I really want to read, but I know I'm not going to have time. What I've been doing is just going into my podcast uh, provider, player. For me, I use uh, iTunes. And just searching for any podcast that that person has done. Um, This, Then I can listen to it, put it in my feed, and I can feel like I have a general sense. I only get through probably... Like, realistically, I get through six professional books a year, probably. Most of those are in the summer. And so it at least gives me a chance to kind of call that list down to what I think is really essential. And also, it gives me a little bit of learning throughout the year that is really more accessible. I did this uh, recently with Dylan William and some other stuff on assessment, uh, Pete DeBoer, things like that, and it's really helped. So there you go, a small step. Uh, instead of trying to read 14 books in a year, um, listen to a podcast about someone that you want to read from. Well, that's it for our Anti Resolution episode. I hope you really liked it. I hope you gained something from it. I hope that uh, you learned something you're maybe going to try. And again, if you liked what these people had to say, go back and listen to their full episode. I think it's really worth it. Outside of that, wishing you the best in this coming year. Before you go, I'd like to recognize that the land where this interview took place is a sacred place that has a long history of human existence. This land has helped people like the Cree, Salto, Nisitapi, or Blackfoot, Métis, and Dakota Sioux live well for thousands of years.
6: Let us continue to live well
0: and respect this land.